We're getting some great questions through the website at designgamespodcast.com. And we're thinking about putting together an episode or two featuring them. So if you would like to contribute a question for us, go to designgamespodcast.com and click on Ask. My name is Will Hindmarch. I'm a writer, narrative designer, graphic designer, and game designer. My name is Nathan Paletta. I'm a game designer, self-publisher, and graphic artist. Hey, Nathan, what are we talking about this time on the Design Games Podcast? We are considering the question of, so what are rules anyway? Hey, so Nathan, I've got this game world and I've got this game and I'm having some trouble with it. How do I know what's a mechanism and what's a system in my game and how do I know like which I should be working with or even what I'm what I am working with when I'm working with it? So it is 100% worth distinguishing between your game system and your game mechanisms uh, or or rules for mm-hmm. lack of a for, for less syllables um, <laughs> as we talk about it. So your system and your rules. And so for system, here's this thing that you, you may or may not have heard of referred to as the Lumpley Boss Principle, which is just historically coming from, uh, it was kind of given shape by conversations between Vincent Baker, who goes by Lumpley as uh, his imprint, um, and Emily Care Boss. And uh, it goes thusly. When you sit down to play a game, However, you and your friends, moment to moment, establish and agree to what's happening in the game. That's the system. That's the, the big S, what are we doing when we play? We're, we're engaging in the system. What's the system? It's the method by which we agree that, yes, that happens mm-hmm. and move on. Now, whether the rules of the game influence that system, that's what you're doing when you design. You're creating a way for this particular conversation to be different from any other conversation you and your friends are going to have. So in that formulation, when you're like, oh, I'm having trouble with this, I'm having trouble with that, what am I actually designing? What am I actually trying to work with? Mm-hmm. How I think of it is that every, every instruction or mechanism that you create in order for other people to use that is going to structure or influence or change that conversation, those are all rules. Those are the rules of the game that you are providing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just I'm open wondering, up. Can we use a, uh, to make sure I've got it right. Um, I mean, this is one of the things that I've read mm-hmm. and I've never really had the opportunity to have this, this kind of conversation about Let's it. So just to make sure that I've been getting it right. No, absolutely. Uh, so for example, if this die, if this D20 generates a number above 10, I will know that this thing happened. We will agree that the orc is dead. That's an example. I mean, whatever. But that's an example. Mm-hmm. That's a systemic thing. Mm-hmm. The rule is, when do I get to roll? Do I add anything to it? These kind of things. Mm-hmm. Or, or not, do I add anything to it? But which stat do I use to add to it? The rule is that when attacking an orc, you add strength. Yeah. When do I get, when do I get to roll the die? When mm-hmm. I attack the orc. These kind of things. Mm-hmm. These are rules and then, that, that inform the system. Right. And then the system of, yes, you have attacked the orc, or... I said I wanted to attack the orc, but I haven't yet. Like right. all that stuff. That's all part of the system, but it's mm-hmm. also often a kind of tacit back and forth, talking it out in the moment thing. Right. As opposed to in the rule book, it kind of spells out 
at this point you have officially declared that you have attacked the orc. Like some some games work like that. Right. But you got, if you have magic words or whatever. Yeah. Like yeah. Kind of, yeah. So kind of the the whole point of this is kind of exploding the idea that you have you have the game and it's this little precious parcel and once you open it everything you will ever need to have a compelling play experience is inside that parcel and then if you like oh this doesn't tell us how to do this and this doesn't tell us how to do this you probably have those tools at your disposal already how do you then make sure that a game gets to the people who already know those things and what do you do if it arrives at people who don't already know those things so that's where you need to decide what your rules are actually going to address, right? Is your game for, like, how wide of a spectrum of people is it for? Mm-hmm. How how much do you want to, to structure? How, like, I guess, how much do you want to structure the interactions, right, is, is the question. And uh, the other kind of conceptual thing that I get a lot of value of, and you can tell me what you think of it, is the idea of points of contact. This is in the conversation with, like, is it crunchy or is it light, right? Mm-hmm. Is this game a, a mechanically complex game or a mechanically simple game? Uh, this, this idea of points of contact is saying, how do you make that determination? And it's more, how, how often do you have to access the mechanisms in order to play the game? Do you have to access right. them often? So that would be a high point of contact or do you access them rarely and intermittently? when maybe only under certain certain circumstances and that would be a low points of contact mm-hmm. game right i have a, a metaphor i use for myself on that is keystrokes but yeah okay almost right how many how many button pushes mm-hmm. does the game require from the players and the gm or whatever to keep running right yeah so a uh, generally like a low point of contact game where you i don't know like microscope or something yeah right you you lay out the you know you do the the, the index cards and you kind of lay out some stuff and then you don't actually interact with any real mechanisms during the scenes other than you know you just make you you do descriptions and then at the end you decide you know whether it gets the the dark circle or the light circle right right right. so it's like an example of a low point of contact game while a a pathfinder would be a, a higher point of contact game where on your turn you are looking at your sheet adding up bonuses you know getting dice doing all those things right if you yeah if you think uh one of the examples that when you compare microscope to pathfinders, think about uh, factors, which is a term I use a lot in my own games, um, which is you know, how many components are at work. So adding strength and a die roll is two factors, strength and the die roll. Like in math, how many operations are you looking for uh, or do you have present? Are you are you performing to find out whether or not a sword cleaves through an orc's neck or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. For, so for example, there are games where if I said it, it happened, and there are games in which if I say it, then I roll a die, and if that die does this, then I roll this other die, and if that die does this, then I spend this point, and if that point is spent, then this mm-hmm. happens. That's those are different love points of contact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the question then becomes, why in that process, why do you give some of those things specific discrete mechanisms and not others? Right. That's always the, yeah. Right. Where where I think that this is going is that that's that's what you're doing when you are designing mechanics in the colloquial sense, right? You're you're deciding that these things uh, that your game is asking the players to do will influence the conversation, will structure it, and will change it in ways that are reflecting what your game is about and pushing people towards having that experience of of the promise that you've made them with your game. Does that seem apt? Yeah, definitely. I I mean, so the thing is that systems, as I've thought about them and rules in in this space, 
they not only influence what you're going to talk about and maybe how long you're going to talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, or how complicated it's going to be to talk about it, which can be satisfying or frustrating depending on the nature of the game or the expectations of right. play, all, com- these, all these things, yeah. A complicated conversation can be extremely fun. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. As long as everyone's kind of on board and ready and equipped with the what they need in order to go back and forth however many times it's going to take to right. get to the end of the conversation. Systems call into question, and they yield an answer in your fiction or in your gameplay or whatever. But a system does a system does not need to answer a does not need to answer the question that the system is about. It needs to, so for example, D and D asks a question about killing orcs. It does not provide it enables you to provide answers to that question. But the game the, the the system does not answer that question, and the rules only tell you when you will know that the question has been answered, which is to say. When this orc has taken 12 points of damage, then the question is, the orc is, can I kill this orc? The answer is yes. You, 12, you dealt him 12 points and the orc is dead, right? So D&D's question is maybe better phrased as like, who will die first, me or this orc? Right. It's how, how long will it take? Is how often, long will it take, right? It's what most of the uh, subsystems in D&D, I think, ask, right? How long will it take for you to get to the next level? How long will it take for you to... Well, it's interesting that I, I think... Uh, and I've and I've heard that argument, and and I haven't I guess really been able to put it in this term before. So it's really interesting to me is that um, I think that's the kind of sassy pejorative way to put it because I really do think it is a either or question. It is a will I die before I get to fifth level? Will okay. me or this orc survive? That's what makes it dramatic, right? And that the, the sure. and, and and proposing it as how long will it take is in, is intentionally a portrayal of it to undercut its drama. Now I say that. Mm-hmm. with the understanding that we're not describing different systems and neither one of us is wrong. <laughs> right. Well, and also because I guess I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a little sass into it, but I'm also, you know, f- from my experience, the threat of the notion of character death in especially um, third edition and later, it's, it's not particularly present. There's a lot in those games. It's to, not as serious a question to as how long. To ensure that you will not, your character will not actually die. Yeah, there's. I mean, and, and then I think it's, I think it definitely it's hilarious that the meta tension will the campaign last for me to get to tenth level is right. a, is often a That's more threatening, actually... more frightening, more dramatic question. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, are we going to be able to get the gaming group together before, so, and again so I can get to tenth level or something? Mm-hmm. But um, but the things I don't know that I don't know if we're representative in that. We're probably. I mean, as I, I can, I've, I've had TPKs in four and D and D four. Yeah, I haven't played much four. So I mean, thir- third was the last time I played I, with any regularity. I, I, I so. Characters die in third edition. Yeah. I mean, no, obviously it happens, but I mean, you know what I mean. I'm just saying that my experience is... Oh, it clearly, is, yes, yeah. it clearly can happen. Sure, sure. In oh, my sure. experience, it almost never happened <laughs> Yeah, because it wasn't fun. Well, and there, and there, certainly, there certainly is the, the aspect, which is that the, both the player and the GM, the GM more so, but in D&D, mm-hmm. the DM have, um, you know, decide to a certain extent sure. how, how much is the presence of, is I the had, risk of death actually present. So I, uh, as, a, as a quick anecdote, I played in a third edition game in college. So basically me, me and my friend um, that I knew before college, we both played in this game and it was fine. Like there was some stuff about it that was like, eh, this isn't really that great, but whatever. I, I wanted to play. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll keep playing. It's fine. And my friend was like, eh, I don't really need to, need to keep playing this game. And so we were in a situation where his character sacrificed himself to like save the party or whatever. And he was like, oh no, that's cool because like I honestly, I, I can't really make it anymore or whatever. In the next game, there was a situation where I, as a moment of high drama for my paladin that I was playing, was like, oh, I can defend this bridge uh-huh. and everyone else can escape. And the the DM was like, look, we can't have another character die. And like, 
had Deus Ex Machina to save my character's life because he didn't want any more characters to die in mm-hmm. that scenario. And I was kind of like, no, it's cool. Like, I'm not so invested in this game that it's going to destroy my experience to have my character die. It's actually a fitting end for him. Right. And I don't really need to keep playing this game. And he was like, no, 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 you need to keep playing because he had this other stuff planned. Uh, so without knowing this person at all, but I'm just, I know that as me, for example, I would have also had an element of like, no, 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 I can, don't somebody else leave the game. I can, I can, mm-hmm. I'm getting better. We're going to do this better. It's gonna, I think that's I, I probably, can serve this audience. That might've been part of it too. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. For me, it would have been. So I can sympathize or empathize with that. But so I, I anyway. but, but that's again, the, the notion there of, of what is called into question. And there, the system and the rule is almost calling him two different things, right? Because the yeah. system, I get to say what my character does. Yeah. So in that sense, so in that, yeah. So it, 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 at that table, like we did not have a functional system for agreeing about when a character died and right. the, and the rules, the, the mechanisms of Dungeons and Dragons, even though they said one thing, they were subservient to our inability mm-hmm. to agree. And so in that case, we, they were overruled, right? Which, yeah, which I think is meaningful though, right? Is that it's not that the system didn't exist. It's that the system was not being honored. Right, yeah, the system was being ignored. And the, and the, but the rules were not present. The, D&D doesn't say when a character says that they will stay behind and everybody right. else should go on, mm-hmm. the, the, well, right, the, the yeah. DM should let that happen. There's yeah, no like, rule the, for that. Right, yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, if yeah, because if, if, I think we did play it out until like I had taken my last hit point or whatever. And I was like, no, and he's like, are you sure? I'm like, no, I'm going to stay. By the rules, we did get to where my character was about to enter the like whatever the rolling saves to uh-huh. to stay alive cycle and that's when that conversation you know our mm-hmm. table conversation then overruled the rules sistema ex machina yes so is that a is that a, a depressing thing a depressing realization that no matter what rules you write whatever you put in your game text. At some level, they're always subject to be spindled and mutilated and overruled by oh, the events of play and, and the table that is playing your game. I think in that space is exactly the reason why I have never gotten over or out of or, or, or felt done with this form of game design, whereas other game forms of game design I have come and gone from. That's the lightning. That's the, that's the electricity to me, which is that it is simultaneously terrifying. What I'm doing has, at best, a cosmetic purpose that well, pe- people can ignore me at any time. I mean, and I, the fact that I have fooled them into thinking that that is not so. I would say that it. it I would. I would maybe put the more positive version of that, which is that it at worst has a cosmetic purpose. Right. Sure, right. Sure. At best, your rules are reaching into the no. higher level system and changing it. To make a memorable experience. Well, in some cases, they're creating, I mean, not mine so much, which is not realistically the way I work, but I mean, games can create whole new systems. Yeah. Obviously. But is that, but, but, uh, no, I, I, that is, that's, that's me being sassy. But is that, uh, <laughs> uh, part of it to me is that it's not, it's not depressing, it's terrifying because people will go off book, if you will. They will, they will, they will leave the system behind under, in my experience, certain circumstances. And those circumstances include things like we, we found a better way to solve this problem. And that is, in this case, to just decide, in which case I say, well, great, because, I, you have now conquered the blank page. And that's one of the reasons I think people play games as opposed to just writing novels is because the blank page is terrifying and playing a game makes the page not blank. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's great. And so when somebody says, no, we find a better solution, it was to just decide. We just made up our minds about whether or not the paladin would live. Mm-hmm. I go, great, cool, yeah. Then you, you, grasshopper, you no longer need me or whatever it is. Yeah. But at the same time, it's when people say, I'm very irked by the notion that says I have fixed the game by making it so that my so that I can decide 
better than this is decided or so that it will go my way. That's not fixing. That's changing. And it can be great. It can be sell. It can be praiseworthy, but broken does not mean I disagree with it. Right. Yeah. There's two levels of broken, right? One is, one is like the, the math doesn't work, right? Like yeah. you need 10 awesome points to make it to second level, but it's only possible by the rules of the game to get nine for right. some reason, right. right? Like that's, that is a broken mechanism. Yeah. You know, it, it does not function. And then there's a the level of we played the game and this didn't work. And Our expectations did not match what the results. Sure. Yeah. And like that can be because the game was ill-conceived. Yeah. The, the oh, mechanisms didn't, didn't mesh. You didn't think out all yeah. the permutations or you never uh, ran the math on, you know, some kind of mechanic and or mechanical interaction. And, and, you know, they did do it and it yeah. went awry. Um, or it could be because someone skipped the how to play this game section in the book because they know how to play role-playing right. games. And right. then they didn't do the things that were in there and then it wasn't fun. And it's like, at some point, all you can I never do, read the ninth page of any role-playing game because the ninth, there's nothing on the ninth page I need to know. Yeah. No, but people, you know, don't read. It. There's there's a... No, no, absolutely. I've, I've done it where I've, I mean, yeah. or where I read a book out of order, or just not skim, necessarily. Yeah, yeah or you just skim assume, an area because you yeah. assume that you already know what it's, it's going to say. It's a D20 RPG. I know how the leveling yeah. works. And then you go, oh, no, I didn't realize. And then you don't find out until you're in the combat section something doesn't make sense that you realize, yeah. oh, this has a whole different XP right. system. Well, and the, the, the difference to me there, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at in how it makes me feel and whether or not it is um, irrelevant, my feelings, is that I do think it is on the designer in a lot of ways, the faith not always, but in, but but often the faith in which a player, good or bad, approaches the rules, which is to say mm-hmm. that if I transcend an RPG, let's say, which is an obviously flattering word, but I say we we no longer today we no longer needed the rules to tell the story that we started telling with the rules, right? Right. That can be flattering. Yeah. But the very same event can be portrayed in a way that says. I got rid of your stupid rules because I turns out I don't need them anymore, mm-hmm. right? I guess the answer is that I like it when my games take people to a place where they are happy, whether or not my game is irrelevant when they get there. Yeah. I don't like it when people get to a place where they are happy and then they turn around and slap me for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and, and that's, again, what I, I bring that up because that there's, I think, a, there's a systemic and a rule variation there, which is that in some cases, if rules are how you get someplace, how you know when to engage whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Both of those things are operating kind of under the same system, the meta system of, of a sort, which is that we got to a place where the momentum of this conversation was such that we have now understood each other's characters enough mm-hmm. and the world enough and each other as players enough that for 45 minutes or four hours or three weeks or a year of college D&D play or whatever, we were essentially just having this conversation creatively and it was satisfying, there was flow and we, were, and we didn't need to engage the dice, mm-hmm. which can be fine, I mean, it can be great. Yeah. Um, it's bad for business, but it can be great. <laughs> um, uh, but it can also create the situation where that system that gets you there, rules can get you there in a healthy or an unhealthy way. That eventually you stop playing with the damn rules because these things are just driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. Or where they've moved you in a position where suddenly you're no longer afraid of the open stage or the blank mm-hmm. page or whatever metaphor you want. So I think acknowledging in your process, that the, the rules that you're writing, the specific things that you're asking people to do, keep in mind that the, one of, the, one of the, the ways that they are, will be successful is that people will no longer need to reference them as often or at all, I think is a healthy thing. While it's satisfying as a designer to be like, I wrote these really smart rules and then see people playing with them be like, yeah, you're using them right. 
and they're producing what they're meant to produce. Like that's, that's extremely satisfying. Mm -hmm. Right. But you also hear about people like, Oh yeah, we played your game and here's what happened. And we had a great time. And you're like, Oh, but you didn't do that. Right. That's not how that works. And then you just have to say, I'm glad you had fun. Right. Cause what are you going to do? Be, be the, the flip side of that and be like, no, you right. didn't play my game. Right. Like, right don't right. be, don't, don't be that guy. The, the approach that I take when I, when I see that happen and it, for whatever reason happens more often I find in adventure specific rules like in Always Never mm. Now and things like that sure. where, where a specific thing is glossed over or somebody has changed something without realizing or has changed something one thing by design that caused something else to change whatever but then I go that's great but it worked out I'm delighted it worked out great for you but you did that I don't get don't sure because yeah. what I've had it right is I, and I love that moment where I've had somebody go that thing where this happens in this game where this bloodline behaves mm. this way or this spell works this way and I go that was you you did that mm. I yeah. didn't do that <laughs> Right. I did all the rest of it <laughs> or whatever, which is, of course, not true either. I wasn't the GM that day. Or I so, wasn't the player that day. But I mean, the yeah, one of the one of the delightful things about game design is that you you end up participating in people's conversations without even having to be there. And that's yeah. what your that's what your rules are, are doing. That's what they're for. What is the difference between rules that are how people have fun and I don't say why, but you know, what I mean, that sounds grandiose. But I mean, so that some that uh, people got together to play this game. And they threw out a bunch of the rules. So that wasn't how they had fun. Mm-hmm. Or they, by design or not, or they just never, it was like, wait a minute, you're saying mm-hmm. that in my game about hover bike racers, you never actually had a hover bike race? No, we used all the other rules, but we, we actually never got to the race. Yeah. So we didn't use most of the rules. Right. And you go, oh, you know, so that was why you had fun or that you had fun, mm-hmm. but how you had fun. Because to me, the thing is that they're both important. Yeah. But, but, what, but what's kind of a relief and sometimes a little bit distressing is that very often the successes that I hear are from one or the other and that both didn't fire at the same time because RPGs are so malleable and are so mm-hmm. so such a spectrum and so many things are, are permissible and possible and, mm-hmm. and mutable at the table that somebody will say, we changed this thing and that thing and we still had a great time. So we, you were why we had fun. Mm-hmm. We got together and had fun because this thing was created, which is deeply flattering for anybody. Mm-hmm. Or how? Which I suppose maybe builds on the why, but you know we got together and we and you were and it was your hover bike rules that were so much fun, mm-hmm. and that's how we had fun was by following those rules. But I guess what I mean is is that I don't think game designers should lose heart when only one of those two things fires for a particular group, even though it's our job to do both of them. I agree entirely. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes, please consider supporting us at Patreon so that we can continue to bring these episodes to you. You can find Will on Patreon at patreon.com slash wordwill. My Patreon is at patreon.com slash ndpaoletta. What do people even say at the end of a podcast? What happens if it just...